Hey, I'm Raina. And I'm Pete. And you're listening. And you're listening to the Unbusy Podcast. It's the show for self-employed people who want more time. Who want to be time rich. Who want to do meaningful work and be productive. While letting the busy go. Who want to enjoy their work days. And sometimes just go skiing on Wednesday afternoons. Or just take Fridays off. Self-employed people who want to spend their time where it matters. This is the Unbusy Podcast. Hi, welcome to the Unbusy Podcast. I'm Raina and Pete's here. Hi. And we have a guest today, Blake Allsmith. He is a uh, entrepreneur and investor, and I'm actually going to let him introduce himself and tell you a bit about him, and then I will tell you how we how we connected and why we wanted to have Blake on the show today. Blake? Sure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And hello to all of the listeners. It's really nice to uh, be a part of this thing. Uh, yeah. Introducing myself, uh, probably the most interesting thing is uh, I'm actually a father of six kids. We just had our sixth kid uh, two weeks ago. So I have uh, 10, 8, 6, 4, 2, and then now a two-week-old. And uh, we homeschool our kids here in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I'm an uh, entrepreneur, I guess, about 10 years ago. Honestly, when our first child was born, something kind of changed for me personally, where I felt, uh, I think a lot of people when they have kids get more conservative. I, the opposite happened for me. I got way more aggressive. And I felt like I wanted to create a life more on my terms that I could integrate my family into, as opposed to maybe renting out my time to another family or another organization. So I set out, became a tech entrepreneur, started a company called Cladwell. That was 10 years ago. We sold that business two years ago, and then started another software company called jumpdocs.com. And then also I do most of my time right now is coaching, investing, and then actually kind of like leading growth with a handful of other entrepreneurs for early stage startups. And that's all through allsmith.org. That's just my last name, .org, um, that we do all that sort of stuff. So outside of that, um, really into board sports as a family and as an individual, we do a lot of wakeboarding, snowboarding, skateboarding. Um, yeah, my wife Chandler, she and I have been married, goodness, 14 years. And uh, yeah, we live right on the banks of the Ohio River. I can see the Ohio River right out here. And yeah, we got a little farm out here, wow. a couple acres, a couple rental properties, just kind of doing our thing. That's pretty much it. Nice. Amazing. Thank you. Like, that was such a great... This is why I had to hand it to you to do the intro, because that was such an amazing overview. People really have, like, an idea now of... Raina could like, not have done like. that. That would not have gone quite as... <laughs> I could not have done that, yeah. <laughs> so, um, the way that I connected with Blake was recently, um, someone tagged me on a LinkedIn post he created which completely captured my imagination. And it was about the 24-hour Sabbath that he and his family have been practicing for the last 10 years. And what intrigued me about this was I felt like it represented the culture change that we've been exploring on every one of the Unbusy podcasts, um, which is that slowing down, being intentional, prioritizing the things that really are important to you, creating some boundaries around that to protect it, despite the outside pressure <laughs> that we all get otherwise. Um, and so I just wanted to ask Blake all the questions that I had when I saw the post that I am guessing all of you will have. And I also just, we wanted to share what it looks like to do this and what's possible. Because sometimes when we hear something, we think, oh, no way could I do that until we see another human doing it. And then we're like, oh, wait, Maybe that is possible. That was so 100% to start my with reaction. Blake, I know a lot of other people would feel that too. Mm -hmm. Like hearing what Blake's about to share with us, yeah. my gut reaction was like, that's cool. I don't think I could do it. 
<laughs> right? Yes. I'm sorry. Sorry. Continue. So, okay. No, that's okay. Thanks. I'm glad. Um, and so, I mean, to start with, will you just kind of tell us about that? What your 24 hour family, uh, I keep wanting to say sabbatical. I guess it is like a 24 hour sabbatical, yeah. <laughs> but Sabbath looks like. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, generally what it looks like is we go Friday night. Really, it's like a little bit more than 24 hours because it's like Friday night until Sunday morning. We just generally say if it is revenue generating, we don't do it. And if it feels like work, we don't do it. That's the general sort of rule. Um, in terms of, and I think a lot of people are like anybody who's Jewish in the audience is kind of like, Oh yeah, I know about this. This is Shabbat, right? And, um, yeah, that's generally kind of what it is. I'm actually not Jewish. Um, uh, but I grew up and still kind of practice Christianity, but maybe in like a sect of Christianity that kind of says, Oh, turns out that Jesus was Jewish. And so maybe some of his ideas, the Jewish ideas are good ideas. So we're kind of are implementing a lot of those, although it's not necessarily as religiously oriented as far as as opposed to just like, oh, this seems to be good for human flourishing. Um, so uh, for us, our Sabbath uh, starts off at about 6.30 or so tonight, because today's Friday that you and I are, are speaking today. Oh, so at that's right. Yeah. yeah. So 6.30 <laughs> tonight, uh, we're going to turn off our phones. That's the first thing I do. So I got my phone. My wife has her phone. And we keep our phones stored in our pantry, um, along with all of our food and stuff. We have a little charging station. And so we all say, good night, phone. And we'll turn off the phone. And I try to keep it turned off for the full 24 hours, really until the next day, um, for the most part. Then we'll do kind of a little celebratory dinner. And generally, the goal of the kind of end of week celebration dinner is it's got to be the high point for the whole family, right? So we do food that we typically wouldn't do. Like we'll like make some really good like steak or something like that. We'll have a dessert. Um, and then we'll like just hang out in the living room, let the kids stay up a little bit later than normal. We'll play games. Uh, my daughters have their way. We'll do a dance party of some sort put the kids to bed. And then my wife and I will just like read books and kind of hang out. We try to do like no TV or um, listening to, you know, we listen to records or something, but just like kind of have like a lo-fi um, evening on Friday night after that. And sometimes we'll have friends over for that too. And it's like, uh, it's going to be the most probably alcohol that we'll consume will be on Friday night. And it's just kind of like a let loose kind of celebrate of like, Hey, we did a lot of work this week. We did our best. Maybe we finished it well, maybe we didn't, but at the end of the week, it's over. Right. So then uh, going into Saturday morning, you're going to think this sounds a little bit rigid uh, going into my Saturday morning. And we can talk about this a little bit, but there's a little bit of a weird thing that happens as your family gets more complex operationally with more kids that suddenly you have to start being a little bit more proactive in scheduling rest. So this is the schedule for Saturday. Um, I will say when it was just me and my wife, we didn't have a schedule. Rest came very easily and naturally. <laughs> but when you have six kids, you kind of have to schedule it. So generally what we found out found this amazing discovery. First off, starts off at 7 a.m. I We've recently discovered Saturday morning cartoons are a great idea. And they are not for the kids. They're for the parents. And so we let our kids go downstairs. They just do <laughs> yeah. Disney Plus. And they uh, turn on Disney Plus and they're allowed to just kind of get down there. The eight-year-old picks up the two-year-old out of her crib and they all go downstairs without waking me and my wife. And so we're allowed to sleep in a little bit and they'll watch shows till probably 8, 8.30ish, really until we hear some crying of some sort. Um, after that, then, uh, we, I'll make pancakes and I'll turn on some reggae music because it kind of sets the vibe for our house of like, okay, today's like a celebratory kind of like chill day. Um, and then there's some sort of workout around 9.30 or so with my wife and I. She'll maybe do yoga at home and I'll go for a run or maybe she'll go for a run and I'll lift weights or at home and like kind of be around the kids but exercising a little bit. And that's just because otherwise my wife and I will go crazy if we don't exercise at some point in the day. Um, then as soon as possible, call it like 10.30 or so, we try to get outside. 
Um, and this is like the general pattern. There's no like alarm going off saying, now you do this. But um, <laughs> we, yeah. we go outside. We got, time. Yeah, we've got uh, 10 acres that we kind of live on. And so we got some trails. So we'll typically go hike the trails. We're doing a rehab on our property right now. So we'll maybe go tour, see the progress on the rehab, um, and then kind of walk back by lunchtime or so. But try to get outside. If we don't hike here, we'll go down the road. There are a couple hiking trails. But I just generally try to, by 10 or 10.30, get outdoors with the kids. Um, then we do super easy lunch, like peanut butter and jelly on paper plates, and then put the kids down for naps or quiet resting time for the older kids. And my wife and I take a nap. And it's literally just like, we all just kind of chill until around three. Then we try to get back outside. We live, like I said, on the Ohio River. And so um, there's typically a lot of driftwood that kind of comes during the week. And so I, that's kind of our bonfire time. We collect all the driftwood and do a big bonfire on the beach. Try to do that kind of rain or shine or snow or whatever. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just kind of hang out, you know, if I bring a guitar, bring a book down there. So like that, but we're all kind of playing outdoors. And then five o'clock, drive out, pick up a pizza with my four-year-old. That's kind of our weekly date is that he and I go and drive to pick up the pizza, come back, and the kids and I will watch the kids' movie for kids' movie night starting around 5.30. During that time, my wife takes a bath upstairs, and then uh, we, about 7.30 or 8, put the kids in bed. And yes, my wife and I watch another movie at the end of Saturday night. And don't judge me. I watch two movies every Saturday. You know what? I like <laughs> movies. Every week, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, around <laughs> 10 or ten or 11, whatever, uh, go to bed. And then what's interesting is that then that transforms Sunday because you're hitting Sunday and you are fully rested and maybe even antsy of like, I kind of want to start working again. And so it redefines Sunday as this kind of like rolling start to the week. You don't have to slam it like on Monday. You can kind of like, all right, maybe I'll clear out my inbox and I'll start to do some kind of big picture thinking and plan the big blocks of the week. And that kind of changes the dynamic. So by the time Monday runs around, like comes around, you're at full speed and kind of feeling ready to rock. So that's generally kind of what we've stumbled into. I'll give credit to uh, specifically a guy named Jeremy Pryor, who wrote a book, uh, has a website called familyteams.com and wrote a book. Oh, I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, but he, uh, I, I watched, we lived on in a duplex with their family and watched them do this for uh, about nine months and kind of lived down the street from them. And so we ripped off a lot of those rhythms and this structure from him. Um, which was super helpful to see somebody who had, you know, kids 10 years older than ours and how they kind of navigated it. But that's the general concept. Okay. So many questions, but <laughs> hopefully I'm not stealing one of Raina's because I know you have a bunch of questions too. Uh, go back in time, take the, the back to the future DeLorean and go back in time and Walk me through like the first couple of weeks that you guys did this. I would love to hear this transition between we didn't we didn't always do this, right? Like when you had kids or I don't know when you started, but what were the first couple of weeks like and was it absolutely terrifying? Yes or no? Yes. Uh, so we started doing this actually when I still had a job. I was working for a hedge fund here in Cincinnati and my wife and I were married but didn't have any kids yet. And so that was when we started saying, like, what does this sort of like rest day look like? And so um, we we're like, we're going to give it a shot. Uh, started out well. And then about probably one o'clock on the Saturday, you know, we just kind of like did whatever we wanted because we weren't caring for anybody. I started having a mild kind of panic attack, literally heart palpitations, like heavy breathing. And I, I was compulsively wanting to get to my laptop to kind of check to see how things were going and like, what is it that's necessary and that sort of thing. And I felt physically uncomfortable, like sick. And that went on probably for the first month or two of doing it. 
And for us, we were doing it as kind of like a spiritual experience of like, oh, this seems to be in the Ten Commandments, right? That's like basics of Christianity is like Ten Commandments. And it's in, it's listed in there like, hey, you should try a Sabbath. And I was like, oh, maybe we'll try it then and kind of trust the process. But it took a month or two before I actually even started to enjoy it. It really was, um, it felt like something I just committed to because I had a intellectual belief that it was a good idea. Uh, did Last question that I'll let you take over right now. Did anybody notice outside of you and your family? Like work, hedge fund people, bosses, coworkers. Was anybody like pitching a fit? Like Blake, no, brother. Like you have to be doing this other stuff or whatever that looked like. Yeah, I had bosses, and so uh, I I sat them down and said, "Hey, just so you know, this is something I'm trying to do um, personally that I care about." However, I I know that this is not a typical job, and that it's highly demanding. And so, if there's an emergency you are welcome to let me know. And I'm willing to do that for you because of the job that I have. And it was like in, and so in that instance, I actually kind of flexed. And so there's maybe once every other month, there'd be an emergency on a Saturday that they could call me and I would actually, I would do it. But what I found is those requests were very few and far between because I told them that I was doing it. And I think that's the big jump. Um, it's very rare that people will purposefully violate your Sabbath if they know that you're having it. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, man, thank you for sharing that because that is something we did a whole episode on those kind of feelings that we all have when we're deliberately being unbusy, but it feels like there's a lot of pressure to be. Yeah. <laughs> so I really appreciate you sharing that. How has that worked as time has gone on and your kids have gotten older and they're getting invited to birthday parties or they want to play soccer? How does all that work? Because I know that question's out there. Yes, Absolutely. Um, so a couple things. One, we're not, this is not coming from like a place of performance. Like we have to do this, like from a religious standpoint. So we're okay breaking the rules if it feels like it gives us life. Right. And so if there's a birthday party that we want to go to, we go and that's great and it's fun. But, uh, the rule that my wife and I have is we don't put anything on the calendar. So we don't have to go to that birthday party. And if five minutes beforehand, I don't want to go, I'm not going to go. And I give myself license to say, I'm not going to do it. And so that's generally kind of how we've processed it. When it comes to sports, that's a little bit newer for us. We're, uh, as a family, we're all taking jujitsu. And what's nice about jujitsu is that we, there aren't like kid only meets for the most part. Typically it's both kids and adults. So we can all kind of go, I get to compete, they get to compete. And so it kind of feels like I don't have to, you know, waste my day away on a bleacher. We actually kind of get to, we're all interested in it together. However, we've only done one competition so far, and that was uh, a couple of weeks ago on a Saturday. And I don't know, end of the day, I felt like we still had time to rest and it still felt like it was life-giving. I think if it was every single Saturday, I, I might change which day is the day of rest, maybe. <laughs> and I might say like, oh, I'll do Sundays or something like that. Um, that's what some of my friends who like have travel soccer and that sort of thing, they'll like, they'll pick a different day and make that the day that they don't do anything. Um, but even still, if you spend all day at some kid's sports activity, but didn't do revenue generating opportunity and maybe sat with a book or just sat with your thoughts or journaled a little bit while you're there, like that's still technically rest. And that's giving your brain the space to kind of like unwind and process all these things that we're probably delaying processing because we're in the middle of productivity. So I still think it, it counts still in my opinion. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so it's sort of like a global approach, keeping this idea of rest in mind as you bring other things into your, 
into your, your week and your kids and your family's life. Yeah. So I love what you said about that of still creating a sense of rest around not doing revenue generating activities because then Sunday feels completely different. I think that is something that many of our listeners still struggle with believing to some degree is that if you get real rest, it will actually help you in work later. <laughs> I have a specific anecdote on that. Uh, I have a friend who is a, I'll call him an evangelistic atheist. So in no way religiously oriented at all. And he's a PhD. He was studying at Columbia. Now he's at Harvard and he was studying uh, bio, what was it? Bioengineering. So he's in the lab doing tests. And the way it was set up is you needed to go to the lab every single day and administer these tests every single day. And if you skipped a day, it would set you back. I think it was two days. Um, so you would lose two days if you skipped one day. And so it, what they found is that they're like, oh, we need to go to the lab every single day and work at least some every single day. And so that's what they all started doing in this PhD program. And within a month or two, he said he lost his ability to think creatively and to problem solve well. And so he's like, well, maybe I should try to take off every 10th day, or maybe I should take off every 14th day. And like, they started like playing with what's the optimal rhythm to maintain their creativity while not losing those days. And they all fell off, fell on taking Saturday off the entire PhD program. And I think it, I think there is something, these stories that come from a religious standpoint, I think are actually just cementing something in just humanity that that's the optimal amount of effort we can put. That's the optimal amount of sunsets and sunrises that we can see with, without a break. Um, and then at some point you actually have to create space in order to be, to work functionally at your very best. I thought it was just fascinating that a bunch of, you know, Columbia PhDs stumbled into this idea of a Sabbath. It cracked me up. First of all, I love that. It is. That's a great story. No, oh, I was just going to say. Sorry, Pete. Uh, you looked like you had a you had a thing. <laughs> I had a minty rant. I'll I'll spare the twenty minute version of the rant, but I'll give you the twenty second version, and that is part of what frustrates me, just as a, a citizen of twenty twenty two, right in the world, is how it's becoming harder for people, just everybody, right, all of us, to actually get that rest. I feel like it's becoming harder. I don't know if that's actually true, but that's what it feels like from like 30 years ago or 50 years ago. I'm sure they had their issues there too. But I like that. Well, I like that we're talking about this. I'll just leave it at that. I won't rant further, but I'll just say I like that we're talking yeah. about this. Um, Rain is okay if I ask one more question? This might be jumping ahead, but <laughs> it is. I would love to hear Blake's thoughts on what's the first version of this Sabbath, for example, people listening to this who are hearing some good ideas, maybe they have never turned off their phone in the history of owning one, which is actually kind of funny, by the way. It's like I update my phone and that's like literally the only time I turn it <laughs> off completely. I'll do airplane mode yeah. now and then, but whatever. The point is, um, what's version one? What's the MVP of yep. the Blake Allsmith Sabbath that people could start to experiment with and ease into this so they're not having like full-blown panic attacks like Blake did yes. every <laughs> Saturday after. Start with, yeah, I, I've thought about this. You have to start with a Friday night celebration. And so what you do at the Friday night celebration is it needs to feel somewhat set apart. And so on a Friday night, you, and I think you can turn off your phone on a Friday night, most risk-free because you're, for the most part, clients are not going to be emailing you on Friday night, or if they are, they're not really expecting you to respond on Friday night. So I think that's the safest window. So what you do is take the phone, turn it off, physically put it away 
and then do something that you really enjoy from a meal standpoint, maybe have friends over or family over, but do something you actually will enjoy. Get a treat for yourself from a dessert standpoint, an alcohol standpoint, a meal standpoint, and then just like have that moment where you raise the glass and say, look at this life. Look at this. Like we have roof over our heads. We have food that we need. We can do this sort of thing. And wow, we worked really hard this week. Maybe we didn't finish everything, but we gave our very best and we should celebrate the efforts that we put in and cheers. And then just like, enjoy. I think that that's the first step is that if you can do that, it, I don't know, um, it kind of, it injects a point of reflection and gratitude in your week. And I think from there, the Saturday kind of will flow out of that. Not that I don't want everybody else to try and do the rest, but I think even what you said right there is like a nice standalone practice that anybody can get on board with. I really like that. And that's a surprising answer, by the way. I wasn't, I didn't know what you were going to say, but I like that better. That's best. Whatever it was in my head, that was better. It's, it's funny. There's like in, in historic culture and even in other cultures, like you have China for a reason, like fine China, because there's like, there's, uh, there's normal meals and then there's like special meals. And I feel like we've kind of lost that in our culture of this idea of setting apart a special meal. Like, Hey, this is like a moment. And maybe Thanksgiving's that thing, but we do it so rarely that we suck at it. And that's why we all hate Thanksgiving is because like, we just don't know how to behave in this like dining room scenario. Um, (laughs) What is this? Yeah. Yeah. It's my favorite holiday. Well, man, Blake, thank you. This was so inspiring and aspirational. I think everyone that's going to hear it, just that, that description you just gave a Friday night is like, just filled me inside with this idea of like gratitude and celebration and being with your family and the whole reason that, that we're all building the lives that we're building. So thank you for coming on and sharing that. I know. I was like, Oh, <laughs> no. this is great. <laughs> so if people want to know more about you or um, follow you, where's the best place to do that? Yeah. Um, I'd say probably uh, allsmith.org is a great way to like reach out. But then also I'd say um, LinkedIn is where I'm most generally most uh, active. And so I'd say just Blake Allsmith on LinkedIn. I think I'm the only one. And uh, just send a friend request. I accept pretty much everybody. I just am generally... Um, yeah, I would love to chat with folks. This is an area that I really care about and obviously has benefited my life a lot. And so I love talking to people about it. Oh, well, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. We really appreciate it. So with that, we will sign off my usual sign off by y'all. And there's a backstory there that we won't go into right now, but by y'all. <laughs> no, I'm waiting for it's me waiting for Pete today to sign off, not oh, the other way around. <laughs> podcast. Uh yeah, thank you guys for listening. Blake, thanks for coming on, man. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys. Hey Raina, why don't we serve advertisements or sponsors on this podcast? Mm, because we didn't want to do it? Uh, yeah. But isn't there a way for our listeners to show that they enjoyed the Unbusy Podcast? There is. There's actually two ways. Mm, go on. So first, they can head to our website, unbusypodcast.com, and buy us a coffee. There's a little button that'll let them donate any amount of money just to show some love and fuel our caffeine addiction. Oh, yeah. I love caffeine. All right. What else? They can also head to their podcast app of choice, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, yada, 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 and leave us an honest rating and review. I like that. That'll make us super happy to read. Oh, yep. Alrighty then. Thank you so much for listening to the Unbusy Podcast. We hope you took away some nuggets. Thanks for listening, y'all. 
Till next time. Bye, Bye y'all. y'all.